Hey everybody, I have been waiting. I have been anticipating. I reminded you just about an hour and a half ago that the atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground of your miracle. Miracles are taking place. I've heard of several this week. God is still on the throne. He's moving by his mighty power. The church is not dead. The church is alive, just reached adolescence on its way to adulthood. And I am one of those who firmly believe that God Almighty has the intention to use what's going on, not only in our nation, not only on, in your neighborhood, in your house, but globally for a third great awakening. I've been preaching about a third great awakening for just about 40 years now from the very first time I uttered that phrase, and I'm believing God for it ever since then. I have a great spiritual heritage, a great spiritual lineage, a great legacy, and great men like Smith Wigglesworth, that big two-fisted plumber who cast the devil out of everything that moved and raised seven people from the dead, who laid hands on my pastor, Dr. Lester Summerall, when he was just about to leave England as the Second World War had just broken out, 1939, and Brother Wigglesworth wrapped his arms around Brother Sumrall and prayed until his tears ran down his face and dripped. Brother Sumrall wasn't all that tall, and Brother Wigglesworth was quite tall. Those tears dripped on top of Brother Sumrall's head and ran down his forehead. And he said, there is a global revival coming. And Brother Wigglesworth said he would never see it. But I'm here to tell you, I believe we're ready for it. Now know this, know this. We're living in perilous times. Now I want you to help me tonight because I believe that tens upon tens of thousands of people need to hear this message. So I want you to take a moment right now and share this with everybody. I mean, let's go. Let's get America hearing this word tonight. I'm gonna share a word with you, the second installment in my series, God's Got You Covered. And tonight's message, which, which I just finished literally minutes ago because of all that God keeps speaking to me, Tonight's message, specifically, surviving the perils of perilous times. And we're going to not only survive them, we're going to thrive them in them. So you tell everybody right now, would you do that for Pastor Rod? Would you just let everybody know, however you do that from whatever platform you're on, or pick up your phone and start texting people and tell them to get on Pastor Rod's YouTube, or get on Pastor Rod's Facebook, or get at rodparsley.tv, or get on Pastor Rod's Instagram. And I'm gonna bring you a word tonight teaching you how to survive and thrive 
in the perils of perilous times. God downloaded this into my heart and I really, really want to give it to you. Now, it may be a little different than what I've been sharing in the, in the temperature of it, if you will. But what I'm sharing on Sunday mornings regarding Holy Ghost awakening after his passion, Holy Ghost awakening and revival has got me so stirred in my heart that it's just overflowing into everything that I'm doing. So get everybody on there. Remember, I'm an audience participation preacher, and I've got three of my favorite people already on with me right now, Pastor Manny, Pastor Emmanuel Gonzalez, who is, of course, the pastor, the campus pastor there in Elkhart, Indiana. I've got Pastor Sean Sams on with me right now, one of the great professors at Valor Christian College, hallelujah, where world changers are made. I've got Nora Akawumi, one of the greatest partners I have in all the world. So I want you to get on there now. I'm an audience participation preacher. And then when we finish tonight, I'll go through every single one of those comments and I'll know who was on here with me. Now, fellas, ladies, before I leave tonight, make sure that I share with the people. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and do it now. Give you a little more time before I begin the message. I want you to know that uh, I came from World Harvest Church in my office to my home. It was kind of strange, because this is where I normally study, and then I go to the church. Well, I was in the church studying today because we have the equipment set up in here, and then I had to rush here to bring you tonight's message. But we've been in meetings about Valor Christian College, and I'll tell you why. Because God Almighty has declared and decreed that that fully accredited Bible college, and thank God for it, it's not a part of some, you know, uh, uh, liberal arts school. It is a Bible college to train up world changers. And I just approved three brand new scholarships that will make it possible for you to be a part of the School of the Spirit, we've got to get people ready and moving in this third great awakening as soon as this thing opens up. And you need to consider being a part of Valor Christian College where world changers are made. And if you are a world changer, I want you to take a picture of yourself in your world changer shirt and send it to me. But tomorrow will be the final chapel service of the year. And Ashton Blair is ready. We will be sharing all of those new scholarships with you. We even have instituted a brand new scholarship for students who were first year students last year who are returning for their second year. We want to help you get back to Valor Christian College. So make sure that you tune in 10 o'clock tomorrow for those tremendously exciting announcements. I'm ready to go now. Are you ready? 
I love this passage. In fact, I quote it before the Lord every morning and every night. He, Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place. Now let's stop right there. He that dwelleth in the secret place. First John 5.18. In the Passion Translation, listen to this. We are convinced, thoroughly convinced, that everyone fathered by God does not make sinning a way of life. Now, what I did just now, y'all notice, I just took a sledgehammer to the false doctrine being perpetrated on the body of Christ. It, it's a false conception of the grace of God. Now, this is Bible. That's what I teach, Bible. And you better begin to learn to survive the perils of perilous time. You better be able to discern false doctrine. I don't care how pretty it's dressed up. False doctrine will damn your soul. Did, did you underline that? I told you it's going to be a little different tonight. So just pull your bootstraps up there, little buckaroo. Here we go. He that makes a habit of sinning, that's not of God. Because the Son of God, watch, protects the child of God, and the evil one cannot touch him. Do you know, do you know what that secret place is? It's a rhetorical question. Valor Christian College students Raphael, Tiffany, Abby Woodley, Kid Harvest, hip-hop dancer, last Sunday. Jacob Pierman is always here on Wednesday night, and I love you for it. So what is the secret place? That place where the evil one cannot get a hold of you. It's very simple. It's faith. When you are living by faith, the evil one cannot touch you. So what then is faith? I shared this on a live Friday night, no, Saturday night. I shared it, and people, the internet just blew up about it. I've shared it so many times, I thought everybody in the world knew it. But Dr. Sumrall gave me the shortest, most concise definition of faith I've ever received. He said to me, faith is simply knowing God. Now, somebody send me those little mind-blown emojis right now, will you? A simple knowledge of God. He that dwelleth in the secret place. Now, you think about that differently. Of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say, remember Psalm 81.10, open your mouth with a mighty decree. God said, I will fulfill it now. You'll see the words that you say, so shall it be. So here we go. We say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. In him will I trust. Trust is faith. Surely, <laughs> I can't help it. Every time I run across the word surely in scripture, I want to say he's not talking about a girl named Shirley. Surely, surely he will deliver you 
from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence, and from the wasting disease. Beelzebub, he's that roaring lion. God says, this is what I'm delivering you from. Therefore, 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Didn't say he was one, said he was like one. Seeking whom he may devour. Didn't say he found anybody. He can't find you if you're dwelling in the secret place. Then your Bible says God will cover you with his feathers and under his wings shall you trust his truth. His word shall be your shield and your buckler, and you shall not be afraid. Not of the terror by night, not of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. You can't see it, COVID-19. Nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. Shout with me now, it shall not come near me. Why? You've got a passing through anointing. Teresa Oliver, Professor Mark Youngkin, Gloria Early. You've all got a passing through anointing. Say that. I've got a passing through anointing. The evil one cannot get a hold of me. They took Jesus after he came down out of the mountain where he had been tempted 40 days, 40 nights, tempted then three times of the devil. His response every time, it is written, it is written, it is written. So they said, we're going to throw you over the hill, oh boy. This is it. One, two, three, and they looked around and your Bible said he had passed through the midst of them. Come on, if you're gonna survive the perils of perilous time, dear sir, dear lady, you've got to learn you have a passing through anointing. You pass through the fire, it does not kindle upon you. You pass through the flood, it will not overflow you. Look, we got troubled times. Worldwide cases of COVID-19, 3.2 million right now. 226,893 people have lost their lives. In the United States, we've just crossed the 1 million being affected by this coronavirus, the infection itself. Deaths, 61,112 Americans, never before, never in history. And this is why I wish I had three hours with you tonight. Cindy Feckety, God bless you. I love you so very much. Allison D. Dijonah Bay. I hope I got it right. Let me know what nation you're watching from as well. Amanda Crabb, I started to call your name a minute ago when they didn't even tell me you were on there because I knew you'd be on there. And you wait till I tell you tomorrow, Miss Amanda Crabb, the, what we're going to do financially with these scholarships for our students. 
We've got to have students and we're not about ready to let money stand in the way of a third great awakening. Now, never before in history that I've studied of or that I've lived have we seen such a potential for our own destruction. It's existential. There's something called the doomsday clock. I shared about it on Sunday. As of January 23rd, 2020, now that's before the outbreak of COVID-19, the doomsday clock, which when it strikes midnight, it symbolizes the extinction of humanity. It was set before at two minutes to midnight in January 2018. It was left unchanged in 2019, and it was there because of the threats of nuclear weapons. Now, the doomsday clock moved from two minutes to midnight to 100 seconds. One minute and 40 seconds is all that is left because of the times we're living in. Scientists are saying we are so close to the extinction of humanity. This is why I'm pressing in tonight. Tell all your friends, this isn't fluff tonight. We're getting down to it. I said some things in my, hello, Carolyn Elliott, we love you, and Bob too. I guess you're there, we love you, we miss you so much. I wrote a book called Culturally Incorrect. It was a New York Times bestseller. And I said in that book, I draw attention to 1858. Abraham Lincoln at that time looked out across the cultural horizon and he saw off in the distance a vast gathering fierce storm. He saw with prophetic clarity an imminent war between the states. A war that flowed directly, now get this, from irreconcilable differences in values. Let's stop right there. There are going on right now in the church, in the nation, in homes, a collision, a collision of values that are, hear me, irreconcilable. There is, perilous means there is no obvious answer. There is no reconciliation. He said this war was going to flow from differences in values, what, what you hold dear, and conflicting assumptions, assumptions about what man is and how man should respond to God. He, he rightly saw, discerned what we must discern. You cannot steer a ship by two separate stars, and you cannot steer a nation, a church, a family by two separate moral compasses. Doesn't work. 
our national house is more divided than ever. But this time it's not a war between the states, it's a war within hearts. Jagged fault lines are scarring the landscape. Politically, culturally, spiritually, we are divided from and therefore against ourselves. Watch this now. Left, right, red state, blue state, political actors, acting politicians, from the East Coast to the West Coast, and then all what they call the flyover states, like here in Ohio in between, we are divided against ourselves. Now, we've got to be like the sons of Issachar, dear lady, dear sir. This dichotomy is so great that folks try to describe themselves simply by using one of two very oversimplified terms, conservative or liberal. And as a result, we are right now, we are right now. Do you know this coronavirus, this paralysis in the natural is simply a snapshot of what's going on in the spirit? Have you heard anybody else say that? Everything that happens in the natural already happened in the spirit. The church is paralyzed. We have been separated. This doctrine, that wind of doctrine. You see, when worldviews, and that's what we're dealing with, collide, entire nations hang in the balance. So, so I need to urge you, every believer, I need you to engage. Whew. Precious Paula Canfield, Kristen and Caleb, LaRonda, Jeffrey, Robert, Southall, I believe. You got to engage. You have to engage and, and hear me, dear friend. With, this is not a recreation room. This is a battlefield. This is a battle of ideas. This is a battle of thoughts. What makes someone think so very differently from the way you think? It, it, it's a clash of mindsets. T today we're engaged in two separate wars. Listen very carefully. One is abroad, but did hit our nation uh, September 2001, September 11th, 9-11. It's a conflict with rabid, I'm going to skip past this very quickly, Islamofascism, which is animated all over the world by global terrorism, Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, the Balkans, the Philippines, Israel, Hamas, Hezbollah. But look what's creeping in now the influence of socialism, communism, and the exaltation of communist China. Oh, you didn't know you tuned in for this, did you? Are you telling somebody? Are you talking to me? Barb Thompson, Kelly Endicott, Evan Didio, Didio, one of the great young preachers in the world today. I love you. Let me give you this article from Politico. It says that U.S. policymakers worry about China weaponizing 
drug exports. The article states that the United States relies on imported medication from China in an enormous way. This, this, is, this is where thoughtless globalism takes you. One world. Always be cautious of people that speak about one world. That path leads to one government, which leads to one leader. Are you listening to me? China, right now, antibiotics, over-the-counter pain medications. I, I discovered this in my research this week. I was, I was amazed. And the stuff that stops you from itching, medication that stops swelling, medicines that can be used as a weapon of war against the United States at communist dictator China's whim. Rosemary Gibson, senior advisor. Hello, Cookie, we love you. A senior advisor in healthcare issues uh, at the bioethics-focused Hastings Center. Uh, She's the co-author of China Rx, exposing the risks of America's dependence on China for medicine, told lawmakers last month, China can withhold medicines and thereby be made with, and, and they, can, they can also make the medicines containing lethal contaminants, or they can sell those medications without real medicine in them, rendering them of no effect. Listen to this, my dear brother and sister. Last year, China accounted for 95% of the imports of ibuprofen. You know what ibuprofen is? 80% of you took it today. 91% of hydrocortisone. 70% of our acetaminophen comes from China. 45% of our penicillin and 40% of heparin, a, a blood anticoagulant. According to Commerce Department data in a letter to health chiefs last year, Senate Finance Chairman Chuck Grassley, Senator, cited reports that 80% of all of the active pharmaceutical ingredients are produced mostly in China and India. Now, I shared that with you to make this statement. Western civilization, as we know it, is right now, like America, locked down. Western civilization, what you have known, what you have believed, how you've raised your children, how your parents raised you is under siege. Where are the preachers in America that will stop placating 
and, and just preaching pablum. It's time for an awakening. It's time for a movement of the Spirit of God. America tonight also wrestles within herself. Uh, we got the minds and the hearts of this generation. Uh, that's the whole theater of conflict right now. And they are, they are living in a world with competing, mutually exclusive ways of viewing the universe and man's place in it and visions of the future. Over 50% of evangelical, uh, what do they call those, uh, millennials, believe that abortion is perfectly fine in the eyes of God as well as same-sex relationships. This is what we used to call the church. The question is, to oh, Michelle Ragland, Debbie Peterson, we love you. I'm sorry, I'm caught up in what I'm saying. The question is, are we gonna fight? Or do we just wanna be placated? Everybody tells me, you know, so often, well, pastor, you know, people right now, they just need to be comforted. I don't think so. I think the body of Christ right now is in a cocoon getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And when this thing's break, when this thing breaks, we're about to break out. Hallelujah. Are we gonna just sit by and become irrelevant? Horrified spectators as the church and the nation follows Europe slide into the deep dark night of postmodern, post-Christian paganism? Well, are we gonna fall victim to the failed anti-God theology of socialism and its twin judicial, and its twin, which is judicial tyranny? What does that mean? It means a bunch of activist judges who wanna write law rather than interpret it. That's how we got Roe versus Wade. Are, are we gonna continue to just be a bunch of blind sheep shepherded by a completely biased, ultra-left mainstream media? Are we gonna keep feeding at the same trough with the purveyors of this identity politics that stoke and fan the flames of racial division even in the church? Or are we gonna put our plate down, push ourselves back from the table, stomp our foot on the ground and say, you know what? I've had enough. We continue down this path, my dear friend. Uh, we're gonna see a godless, faithless, rudderless nation and without a very, very seismic return to the discarded values that we held close in the past, we're gonna be hopeless. Hallelujah. Are you talking to me? Somebody said they're praying for me. Nancy Dar and Graham Scott, I hope you're praying for me. Look, God didn't bring me back from the dead to play with it, y'all. I didn't come to lead a parade. I'm a general in the army of God, and I hope you'll enlist tonight. Oh, let me see where, 
where I want to go here. Times, times are very, very perilous. But I believe this is, this is perhaps the most perilous time any of us have ever seen. The very foundations of our nation, which were once constructed by the tenets of our faith, are quickly crumbling around us with no sign of a cure. What are we going to do? Who are we going to listen to? I'll tell you what I'm doing. And it may be odd on a Wednesday night, but I started it on Sunday morning and I'm continuing tonight. I call the church of the living Christ to nothing less, to be satisfied with the pursuit of nothing less than a third great awakening. Most of the church's impotence, weakness, its failure stems, and here's where we're going tonight, from a fundamental base level misunderstanding and false teaching about what it really means to be a Christian. Let that sink in a minute. One of the reasons they're not running out of wheelchairs, one of the reasons that we aren't seeing more blind eyes open, and certainly the reason that they are no longer flocking to altars like they did in, in the revival of the Hebrides and falling on their faces before God and crying out under the conviction of the Holy Spirit is because the very gospel we preach, just a shadow of the real thing. So we become, you know, the church is just a, a midwife to the birth of an entire generation of so-called believers, churchgoers, I call them, who are ill-equipped to engage the culture. All they've done is been stroked and patted on the head like this generation of millennials who all got a, got, a, got a trophy just because they were on the team and every team gets a trophy. That's how we've treated the church. Anything and everything just to keep them coming. Shame on our pulpits. You City Harvest Network pastors, I pray to God you're listening to me tonight. You are lieutenants and sergeants and generals in the army of God. You don't have weapon to polish and show off in the parade. May you fall on your face before God. We've, we've got an entire church that's not prepared for the rigorous call of Christ. It won't cost you something, it'll cost you everything. We've got an entire church that doesn't want to fight for anything, not even their king. I've said it before and I'm gonna say it again. There is a price to pay 
to rescue a generation, restore a nation, revitalize a civilization, and have a third great awakening. Here it is. Everybody shout now. Everybody become one of my partners now. Everybody support me financially now because I'm going to tell you the truth. Self-sacrifice is entry-level Christianity. All times have always been bad. That's for sure. I understand that. But the word perilous in one of its definitions, get ready, is dangerous opportunity. You know what the church ought to be? The church ought to be Holy Ghost thrill seekers. We ought to be looking for dangerous opportunities because we know no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We don't tremble in the face of our adversary. Our spiritual adrenaline, adrenaline called the Holy Ghost rises up with us, within us and says, give me this mountain. I want some mountain climbers when this thing breaks loose. Hallelujah. Somebody just say amen. Is anybody on there talking to me? <laughs> Blessed be the name of God. We, you know, Romans 1.21 says it. Seeking to become wise, they became fools. But Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned. Oh, thank you, Jesus. There's that precious anointing of the Holy Spirit that always visits me on Wednesday night when I'm bringing you this word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When I was 17 years old, that was the verse that brought me into ministry. He has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Oh, listen, friend, we, we got the most advanced printing presses. We got the most advanced typesetting machines to publish the word of God. We, we've got the most sophisticated computers, networks to, to make it all possible to access, watch this, the wisdom of the ages, the wisdom of every great man, every great woman in history past, great men and women of God. But instead, we've got Protestant preachers and we've got Roman Catholic priests that use this great tool to become the purveyors of pornography. What are we doing? The Apostle Paul said, we're not going to look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. Because the things which are seen, thank God, are temporal and subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Glory to God. I, I wrote as fast as I could. How do we look at something that cannot be seen? We must know the answer to that question. How do we look at things which cannot be seen? We must know the answer to that question to survive the perils of perilous times. 
We have to look to God who created us, who purchased our redemption through the suffering, through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to look to God, hear me, who has us covered. We have to look to Christ Jesus. We have to look boldly into his face to face today's frustrations, to triumph over today's temptations, to conquer the curse of cancer and COVID alike, to escape the attacks of our adversary, to thrive in uncertain financial times. We must learn biblical strategies to survive the perils of perilous time. From a prison cell, the great apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 4.13, come on, you can quote it, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hear the apostle Paul, I hear him in my spirit shouting out to you and to me and to your family and to my family, this is the time. Hear what he said, I've been in perils of the deep, hear that little bent over apostle with that, with that thorn in his flesh saying, I didn't quit. I was in perils of my own countrymen, but I didn't quit. I didn't give up. I didn't throw in the towel and say, why God? I've been in perils of affliction. Dear lady, dear sir, you are not the only one who has ever drank a cup of sorrow. You are not the only one whose heart wanted to scream out, why God, why me? Oh, forgive us, God. Hear Paul say, I've been shipwrecked. I've been snake bit. I've been stoned and left for dead. But I have learned how to survive the perils of perilous times. Would you like to learn them? I have 20 of them to share with you. I'm gonna build you up. I'm gonna do for you what a phone booth did for Clark Kent, Scott McCloud, Richard Cheney, Murray and Sarah Martin. I'm gonna do it for you. If you will stay with me, if you'll lock in here during this lock-in, hey, there's something to tweet. I'm gonna lock in to God during the lock-in. I'm gonna lock in to the Word during the lock-in. I'm gonna lock in to the Holy Spirit during the lock-in. Michelle, Roxanne Jarbo, Ruth Blankenship Graves, God bless you. How much time do I have left, fellas? Where am I? Just talk to me. I'm at 42 minutes. Can I have 50? Will you stay with me for 50? Amen. I think you should type it in there. You gonna stay with me or have you all left? <laughs> I'm reminded of the scripture where where the Bible says, Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you're not of me. And the Bible said from that time, many followed him no longer. 
too much truth. The message of the cross, too bloody, too obscene for modern preaching, not marketable. Shame on you. If you're key number one, are you ready? If we won't do anything else this week, we'll at least get the first one. Key number one, if you're expecting to survive the perils of perilous times, key, be absolutely persuaded that you are born again. We have multiplied millions sitting in church pews singing scripture choruses who are nice people, they're religious, so was everybody on Lewis Island in the Hebrides until, oh, the mighty wind of the Holy Spirit came and blew the underpinnings of religion out from underneath them and showed them their condition before God. This is the kind of preaching for a third great awakening. Mr. Townsend, John Townsend, just a, not a, not a famous preacher at all, but Queen Victoria had been to church. Queen Victoria, the ruler of Great Britain from 1837 to 1901, she worshiped at St. Paul's Cathedral. She listened to the sermon. Her heart was pricked. After the message, she walked up to the preacher and asked this question. Can I be absolutely sure of eternal salvation? The preacher's answer was, no, there's no way that anyone can be absolutely sure. What a liar. The incident was published afterward in the court news, and it came to the notice of that little humble preacher, John Townsend. Well, after he read the queen's question, and the answer that the so-called preacher gave her, which is the same thing many of your preachers would give you, and certainly the people whose books you buy, this, this new gospel is not a gospel. It is a false Christ being preached. It is the adoption of new age mysticism from the pulpits of America. And I don't care how pretty you think their music is. So Townsend, Townsend, after he saw that, he, he was compelled to send her a letter. These were the words of his letter to the queen. Gracious majesty, our beloved Queen Victoria, from one of your most humble subjects, with trembling hands, but a heart filled with love, and because I know that we can be absolutely sure now for our eternal life 
in the home that Jesus went to prepare? May I ask you, most gracious majesty, to read the following passages of scripture. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe upon him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. Then he signed, your servant for Jesus' sake, John Townsend. Well, Townsend took together into his confidence several others who would pray with him, pray to God on her majesty's behalf. About two weeks later, he got a letter from Queen Victoria. Here's what it said. Having carefully and prayerfully read the portions of scripture referred to, I now believe in the finished work of Christ for me and trust by God's grace to meet you one day in that place he has prepared for us in heaven. Victoria, Guelph, Queen Victoria. Now, I'm going to crack a door open here. In fact, I'm going to give you the scriptures and let you search them out for yourself. The major reason that we have faulty conversions is because we preach a faulty gospel. The convicting power of the Holy Spirit has been left totally out of our theology for decades. Conviction. In the day of the great Hebrides revival, they would not pray for a person to receive salvation who did not confess that they had been under the weight of the conviction of their sin by the Holy Spirit for six weeks. We call people born again that have never been under the convicting power of the Holy Spirit for their sin. Therefore, they cannot truly repent. If you don't believe me, take down these scriptures. I wrote them down just this afternoon. I will find them. Here they are. Psalm 38, verses 1 through 22. Lord, do not rebuke me in your wrath nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. We're, we're, we, we never heard of a God of hot displeasure. For your arrows pierce me. Is this what people pray at our altars? I feel like I'm pierced through in the heart. Your hand presses down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because you are indignant with me, nor is there health in my bones because of my sin for my iniquities. I, I quote this verse 
just about every time I'm in the pulpit, I ask you, have your sins, your own sins, ever pressed down the weight of them, pressed you down until you could not lift yourself up by reason of them? If not, don't call yourself a Christian. Ask God to convict you of your sin that you might repent and be forgiven and receive eternal life. This is the message of the gospel. The psalmist said as a heavy burden, my sin is too heavy for me. Do we call people to that posture? We will. We will begin to pray as the army of God for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, the great hound of heaven, to dog the tracks of men, to make them see their sinful and lost condition so that we can present the loving gospel of Christ and have them be, as the Bible says, become a new Creation. Oh, if you've never prayed that prayer, begin to pray it now. Begin to pray it now. Begin to pray, God, my sin weights me down. My own iniquity is, is a canker in my own soul. Deliver me, oh God. Deliver me from my sin. Forgive me of my iniquity and make me a new creature. Lord, I pray for your convicting power to begin to descend on people, to begin to descend on churches, to begin to descend on families, wake people up in the night, have them pull their cars over to the side of the road, show them themselves without you, and then may the Holy Spirit draw them to the cross of Calvary, for there alone we receive eternal salvation and know it. Do you know it? Do you know it? If you don't know it, if you don't know it, begin to ask God. Begin to ask him. And you want to know more about it, just type saved in the comments, and I'm going to send you, and leave me your email address, I'm going to send you new direction. Now listen to me. I've only got two or three minutes is all I have. I need you to hear me. We have not been in the tabernacle now for six and a half weeks. But we are not, we are cast down, but we are not defeated. <laughs> Hallelujah. I need to hear from you financially. I need you in a moment when I release you to go and make out your gift. I'll give you all the ways you can give. And I'm gonna ask everyone that can tonight to sow a seed of $40. Everyone, husband, wife, sow $40 for all of your children. If you can't sow 40, sow four. I'm serious. No gift is insignificant. If all of the people that watch this message tonight would give $10, we wouldn't have any needs. Would you consider sowing a gift tonight? Every gift, $40 or more, I'm gonna send you what I preached from last Wednesday night, Soaring with Eagles. Four audio messages 
on digital download. One, who do you say I am? One, call his name Jesus. <laughs> Another, the power of prayer. Another, pray and faint not. And then the great message, soaring with eagles. I'm going to send it to you. It's yours absolutely free when you sow your seed tonight of at least $40. I love you so much. Father, bless everyone who gives tonight. Supernaturally provide for them. You've got us covered. I'm going to release you now. I can't wait to hear from you. God bless you. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.